You're listening to the Journey to Launch podcast, how to live a life you love and can afford with Kamiko Love. She bought her dream home in cash and paid off over $77,000 of debt. Find out how here. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 journeyers. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast. If you are brand new to the podcast, you're a journeyer now. It's too late. You're listening already. A journeyer means you listen to the podcast, you follow my content, and primarily you want to reach financial independence. You want to reach financial freedom. So you're on this journey with me and thousands and thousands of other journeyers, right? We're in this together. So that's what I mean when I say journeyer. So I am happy that you are listening in today. I have a really special guest and I'm really excited you guys to hear her story. I have on the podcast, Kamiko Love. Kamiko is founder of The Budget Mom. Now, if you are on Instagram and in the debt-free community, you may know of Kamiko. She has hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram and has a lot of subscribers on YouTube. And a lot of people in the community use her Live Rich Planner which helps you budget. And so I met Kamiko, you'll hear in our little conversation, you know, I met her in person and she was super sweet, super nice a couple years ago. And so I'm really excited that I get to bring her now on the podcast to dive deeper into her story, which I think is amazing. So Kamiko was able to pay off all her debt. She lives debt-free, including her mortgage. Get this, she has no mortgage. <laughs> she bought her dream house in cash and she's a successful business owner She's a mom to a seven-year-old son. So this is just, I think, an amazing, inspiring conversation for anyone to listen to. I know I was super inspired listening to it. Now, I also recorded the video to this. So if you want to check out the video interview with me and Kamiko, the budget mom, go to my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash journey to launch. Then make sure you're following me on social on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at journey to launch because I'll be dropping some clips there. I know some people actually like to see the video sometimes of me interviewing guests. So this is a treat. Check out the video if you can. If you want the episode show notes for this episode, go to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this episode. In the show notes, you'll get the transcribed version of the conversation, the links that we mentioned, and so much more. Also, whether you are an OG journeyer or brand new to the podcast, I've created a free jumpstart guide to help you on your financial freedom journey. It includes the top episodes to listen to, stages to go through to reach financial freedom, resources, and so much more. You can go to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart to get your guide right now. Okay, let's hop into the episode. Okay, journeyers, I'm really excited because I have the one and only Kamiko on the podcast, the budget mom. Hi, Kamiko. Hi, thanks for having me. So Kamiko, you know, I just want to tell a little backstory how I met you. I'm not sure if you remember, but we sat together um, or next to each other at a conference, at a personal finance conference. Yes. And um, we were up for some awards. And honestly, it was like the first time, like that was like me first realizing kind of like who you were. And you were so nice and down to earth. And I remember... <laughs> 
looking up your brand when you said like who you were. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like your story, your platform, like it was so impressive. And the fact that you were so cool and down to earth at the same time, like in person was awesome. So I just wanted to say that so everyone could hear that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a lot of people who know about you. Maybe if some of your people are coming to listen, they're getting excited about who you are, but then there are some people who don't know who you are, some journeyers. So that's what I call my crew who listen to the podcast. So can you just give like a brief or just run down and we'll get more deeper into things about who Kamiko is, like the budget mom? How did you start this platform that you have and what is it? Yeah. So, you know, the budget mom was really created out of my own personal struggles with money management, especially as a single mom. So I started the budget mom to really find the community of other single moms or other people who really understood what I was going through. And as I went searching for them, they were searching for me. And that's how this absolutely amazing community was born. But it really started with just me not really knowing what I was doing. It was my journey of trying to figure things out. You know, I had my son and I knew things had to change drastically with my finances. And so that's really where the budget mom started. Can you give us a sense of where you were financially at that point? I know you said you had your son and that like helped you really realize what you wanted to do. But how were you with your money before? I was the typical person that played the game of if I don't see it, I don't have to deal with it. But I was very good in the sense that all of my bills were being paid on time. All of my minimum payments were being paid on time, but I, I was not looking at the big picture. I didn't see the overall balance of my debt. For me, financially, I was basically living paycheck to paycheck. I had a ton of student loan debt, a ton of credit card debt. Right before I really got into my journey and started The Budget Mom, I was in, in a severe motorcycle accident. It was a hit and run that left me in the hospital for three days with a shattered wrist, a bruised pelvic bone and a pretty beaten up face with no medical insurance and no motorcycle insurance. And so I really started this journey dealing with medical debt. Uh, so that's kind of financially where I was. Do you remember how much like debt, like if total altogether you were in? Yeah, back in 2011, I started around about $50,000 in debt. About 35 of that was student loans. Yeah. And do you mind sharing kind of like, because, you know, it's funny, people listening to this, they have different professions, right? Like they have, they come from different backgrounds of professional work. And I always think providing context maybe on what you did previously before, like, you know, you became an entrepreneur, like what you did so people could get a sense of your journey to where you are. Yeah. It's so funny. My background, I actually graduated with a finance and accounting major and I minored in economics. I got out of college and I stepped into the real world and I got my first job working in the financial industry in a financial advisor firm. And the funny thing is, it was then that I realized that my finance degree, I did not learn a whole bunch about personal finance. It's kind of crazy to think about that. But I learned corporate structure finance. I learned analytics. I learned, you know, economics. It's not like anyone ever sat me down and said, hey, Miko, you need to create a budget. That didn't happen in my life until my, my actually the financial advisor I worked for sat me down and told me to do it. And that's when the big realization happened. So I was actually in the financial advisor space for about eight years 
when I ultimately quit my full-time job to work for the budget mom full-time. Yeah, it's interesting because I find that, you know, I, I also majored in business and with a specialization in finance, but you don't, like you said, you don't learn about this stuff. And then I went to work, work in the corporate field, in the corporate world and in investments. And I know people who worked at my job who are very good at the spreadsheets and the corporate side of things and investing like millions of dollars, right? And then I know that personally, it was like a mess. So I think it's interesting how, um, you know, we can be so smart, right? And that just shows people that it doesn't matter about like how smart on paper you are with anything. Like, like your finances are totally different. So you don't have to be numbers smart. You don't have to be any of those things that you think maybe you should have before you can like tackle your personal finances. Right. You know, I think it's funny because you don't have to be that textbook smart, right? I thought that if I was textbook smart when it came to finance, that I would be okay. And the reality was it's more about a true self-discovery of who you are. And that's the hardest part. Yeah. And do you think also income plays a role in it? So like if, cause I know I was on the trajectory when I started working, I stayed in my job, got the bonuses and raises that I'll have enough. And so the way I figured in the beginning was just like, I'll just earn enough to pay for the things I want. Like getting the big picture, like with your money was more about like, I have enough money, like I'm, I'm bringing in money, so I should be okay. Do you think sometimes people who earn a decent amount are not thinking about the bigger picture? Cause they're just like, I can work and just pay my bills forever. Like, isn't that what you're supposed to do? It's funny that you bring that up because I, when I was going through that, I always thought to myself, well, if I could just earn more, if I could just earn more. And it gets, you get to a point where you finally are earning more, but the progress isn't coming. <laughs> At least not the progress and that type of value in your life isn't there because that value in your life definitely comes from other things other than just earning more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you had your son and, and I think for especially myself and probably people listening, when you do start, if you have children, that helps you a lot because you're just like, okay, I have another mouth to feed and I don't want to like mess things up. I want to give more for them. But what were some of the first things you started to do like practically to get on track? So the first thing was, was just awareness. It was just literally making that decision in my life. Okay, no more. This is not the life I want for me and my son, and I have to make a change. And even getting to that point, a lot of the times is really hard for people because you have to have that underlying almost of rock bottom. You have to get to that point where you literally just, it's not what you want and you know that. And that was a huge driving force for me on my financial journey. Another thing was really becoming in tune with my spending. It's another part of awareness that was brought into my life. You know, it's funny because people say, I'm good at budgeting or I'm financially well off. And they say that for the pure fact of they're paying their bills on time. When they think about budgeting, people automatically think about bills. And budgeting is so much more than just paying the bills. People say, I'm fine. I'm one month ahead on my bills. I'm doing really good. But there's also other aspects of our lives, the things that we are truly searching for that also need to be filled. And they go so often they are forgotten. So I think awareness was key and just getting to that point of my rock bottom and realizing that life change need to happen. 
Yeah. Back then, did you call yourself the budget mom or did you like evolve to that? Like, did you just start out like saying, all right, I'm just going to stick to this budget and start this platform to help show what I'm doing? Like, how did you build that? Yes, it was so funny because I sat down to write my my first blog post and, you know, I had no idea what I was doing at the time. (laughs) I had no idea what a blog was, Um, but I'm sitting here, you know, working on it. And I'm like, well, what do I call myself? And I thought to myself, well, I'm talking about budgeting and I'm a mom. So it kind of it kind of just worked. It worked out that way. Um, and, and I'm really glad that I did that because budgeting and finances is, is obviously all I'm passionate about. But people ask me all the time, well, Miko, you're a mom. I get that. But there's another reason why mom is really important in the Budget Mom brand is this is a generational change. And I know that if I help the moms, if I help the adults, I'm also helping the children in some way, some form. Uh, And so that's another meaning that it's kind of progressed to over time. Right, right. I love that. For you, were you still working full time in your career and doing Budget Mom on the side? Yes, I actually worked about the equivalent of two full-time jobs for over three years. Now, the funny thing about my journey is I could have left my full-time job a year after starting The Budget Mom. Um, A year after I started The Budget Mom, I was actually making just about what I was at my normal job, which was a goal of mine. But I stayed because, one, I loved my job. I absolutely loved it. I loved the work I was doing with people. But at the same time, I knew that just making what I was making at my full-time job wasn't enough. I needed to be financially prepared if I was going to take my business on full-time. And for me, that meant having an emergency fund established, not just for me personally, but for my business. Because I knew that I was taking a risk. And if my business failed... I had to be able to take care of my son and fill those needs. So I had to do it in a very responsible way. Yeah, I love that you're bringing that up and how you had to delay jumping ship. Also love that you talked about loving your job because not everyone hates their job and, you know, it's just like is running from something. I think if you do love your job and we're going to talk more about entrepreneurship, too, because I know I have a lot of people who they're in debt or they're trying to reach financial freedom and independence. So part of that, too, is like doing something on the side. So whether that's kind of like a simple side hustle of selling things and they're like, I have no like desire to do this full time or they're like, you know what, I'm really good at this thing and I may want to take it full time one day. So I think I'm being real with people about like, that's a process to be prepared to do that. Right. Like you just and especially when you have responsibilities like a mortgage and kids. Right. Right. It's it's a very scary thing. But for me, leaving my full time job was probably one of the most scariest things I've ever did. And that's the honest truth, because you're going from a guaranteed W-2 paycheck to being completely dependent on your business. That is absolutely terrifying, knowing that the food you put on the table and the clothes you put on your child's back is coming from you and solely you. I think that's another reason why I took financially preparing myself so seriously is because of that reason. Yeah. And the thing about it too is like, I guess we should say at the time, you know, you, it was just you, right? Raising your son or being more really responsible. Yes. 
So, and I do want to just bring that up because, you know, everyone has a different circumstance and situation. And sometimes maybe you do have a partner. So I know for me, right, when I jumped ship, like part of my life best, even though we have three kids, we live in New York City, was my husband still worked. So, you know, my advantage in that was his income doesn't cover everything. So we still had to be really prepared for all our bills, you know, and taking my income away. But that was still something to consider. Right. And I think especially if like you're a single mom or it's just you, you have to be just extra careful about the steps you're taking. Yeah, for sure. It's almost like a two edged sword because it's terrifying. But at the same time, I knew that it could absolutely change me and my son's life. And I knew that we could also change other people's lives. And that passion, I went to bed every single night thinking about how I could help people. I woke up every single day, like running to my notebook, like this is how I can help people today. Like this is like, this is it. And so I think that passion also was a driving force for me as well. Yeah. And I, it's, it's kind of cool to think about it in that way. And in a way where when your back is against the wall, when there is no other option and like, you have to make it work. Sometimes I find that as a motivating factor, like, of course, sure. It's great to have assurances and maybe, you know, emergency fund, like still do it the smart way. But sometimes when you are like faced with like, listen, I have to put food on the table and pay this (laughs) bill, pay these bills so I can provide for my son. And I want to help as many people you get that courage, you get that like by any means necessary, right? To do what you have to do. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Yes, definitely. So as you start to um, grow the Budget Mom platform and you jump into like full-time entrepreneurship with the Budget Mom, were you thinking more about like product-based helping, service-based business? Because we're in the personal finance space and there's so many different ways like you can help people. What made you pick? Because I know you right now you focus on products. What made you pick that versus like coaching? And maybe you did that before, but what made you pick that? Like I said, when I started the Budget Mom, I did it to build a community, never to start a business. For me, my passion and drive was making sure that another single mom out there didn't feel the way I did at one point in time to make that journey a little bit easier for them, a little less scary, a little less lonely. However, when I started sharing my journey with the rest of the world, what I was doing in my real life to help me, so many people were coming and saying, hey, this could really help me. Is there a way you could provide that for me? And once we started providing those things, which were free in the beginning, I realized the absolute overwhelm of demand. And time after time, I was hearing people say, this changed my life. And I thought to myself, we have to get this out to the masses. We absolutely have to make sure that we can offer this amazing product in the most affordable way at the best quality. And that's kind of how it came about. Yeah. And, you know, we should talk about too, like, so I'll obviously link all your social channels, especially your Instagram account um, there, because what I love about what you do is that you actually use your products, use your like, and show it like in your everyday life. So you're not only just like selling like, you know, your, your budget book and binder and concepts, but you're also, you're using it and showing your audience like how to use them. I think that's like pretty cool. So I think sometimes it's nice to see that from like someone, because sometimes, you know, you'll see, you'll see a product or a service and the business, but you, you don't really see like the person using their own services and products. So can you talk through about like, cause you're really disciplined. 
which I think is good because then it makes your audience like want to be more disciplined. But like you literally show up every day on Instagram. <laughs> You're always sharing tips. And I'm like, geez, I need to be more like the budget mom. Like I need to show, <laughs> I need to show more background of like what I'm doing. And like, I'm just like, oh. but um, share your like how you manage your money, right? Because that's how you help your audience manage their money. So how do you do that? Like in terms, of, I know you use envelopes and the binder and all that. Yes. It's funny that you talk about, you know, I made a promise and I set out, out on a mission to not just tell people how to budget their money and manage their finances. I wanted to show them. And the only way that I knew how to do that was what it looked like in someone's real life. And that was my life. And I think too, showing up every day for my readers, which I've done the last three years, it's my way of showing that I care. It's my connection with my readers that it's so, so absolutely important to me. It's one, one of the ways that I do that. You know, how I manage my money with the budget by paycheck method, it was literally created out of all of my failed attempts in the past. It was literally a mindset shift that said, okay, I may have failed in these areas, but I was also really successful in others. And I picked it apart. I learned more about myself. And ultimately, it's the calendar method, it's the paycheck method, and it's the cash envelope method all rolled into a series of steps on creating not just a budget, but a realistic budget that actually works in people's lives. Okay, so those that have no clue, right, maybe they're just like finding out about budgeting. Can you like quickly describe what the calendar budget is, what the paycheck budget is? Yes. So the calendar method is essentially listing all of your bills and expenses on a monthly calendar and writing down your pay dates on your calendar so you know what expenses need to be included in your paychecks. It's almost like an overview of the month all on one sheet. The paycheck method was absolutely the life changer for me. It's budgeting when you get paid. Now, I know when a lot of people go out and they search on Google how to create a budget, what is the number one thing they're thrown? They're thrown a monthly template. We automatically assume that we are budgeting our money monthly. But in my mind, my mind does not work that way. So I struggled. And so I was paying my bills when I got paid. And one day I'm like, wait a minute, if I'm paying my bills when I get paid, why aren't I budgeting the rest of my money when I get paid? And it clicked for me. It was an absolute life changer for me. So the paycheck budget method is budgeting your money every single time you get a paycheck. Now, the envelope method is essentially all of your variable spending, the things that fluctuate up and down every month. It's gas. It's food. It's fun purchases. It's clothing. All of the things that doesn't have necessarily a set amount we spend with cash and cash envelopes for dedicated categories in our budget. Yeah, I love that breakdown. Thanks. And the cash envelope, you know, I do want to talk about that because I have never really tried that system. I'm debt free other than our mortgage, but I tend to use my credit cards for points. So I would love your, to understand your position on that. And because I know there's some people listening, though, that they don't need to jump into credit cards right now. They need to do the envelope system. So, yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's so funny because I, I am that person and I am, I will be a hundred percent truthful and admit it. I've been budgeting my money successfully for the last nine years. I am completely a hundred percent debt free, including no mortgage. I am still telling you I am the person that should not use credit cards. 
I know that about myself. I am the type of person that spends on a credit card and says, hey, I'll just pay it off later. My spending gets out of control because I'm a spender at heart, mixed with being a brand junkie. Okay, that is a very dangerous formula. And not only that, I just got done paying off all of my debt at the end of 2018. And debt is still a very, very scary thing to me. It still terrifies me. And so I'm not ready to, to use the credit cards. However, I'm also the type of person that knows the benefits that could be possible with using a credit card. And I always say, go for it. If you are responsible, you are paying off your credit cards every single month before interest hits and you're, you know, you're doing it in a responsible way. Why not get the points? I wish I could, <laughs> but the cash envelope resonates with me. And I think almost too, I've been doing it for so long that when I'm not using and being an all cash spender, my motivation decreases. That's where I get my motivation. It's what allows me to bring creativity into my budget. It was, it was what makes budgeting fun for me. Um, and so even after nine years, I'm all, I, I think I will always, in some sense, will be an all-cash spender. I don't think that will ever change with me. However, I'm hoping one day, at least for my business, I can jump on with a business credit card to at least earn travel points. <laughs> but I love, I love that you're, you know yourself. And that's the first step. It's like knowing that, thy, know thyself, right? And it looks, <laughs> and the thing about it too, which I think is pretty interesting is that you can follow like people, like maybe, you know, you like my style and how I talk about budgeting and financial independence. You might like Kamiko style and, but you are still different in a sense, right? Like I can, you can have people that follow you and like your, your whole style, but are say, I, listen, I'm going to get those credit card points. Right. And I can have people who like my style was just like, I still, the credit cards, not my thing. And so you, I think it's important to understand that you can pick and choose the things that work for you. Like it's not just all or nothing, but that to know yourself is the first step and to be honest. Oh yeah, for sure. You have to ask yourself the hard questions and then give yourself grace to answer those questions. Honestly, ask those hard questions. And I always have said from day one, a debt payoff journey is not about the amount of debt you're paying off. It's not about the debt payments. Okay. It's not about paying off debt. It's a self discovery journey. The hard part starts with you. And what I mean by that, you will learn more about yourself on your financial journey than you will at any other time in your life. And that is a guarantee if you are doing the hard work. And it's that hard work that isn't only going to create change right now. It's going to create lasting change where you get out of debt and you stay out of debt. Yeah, it's the person you become on the journey. Oh, for sure. Yeah, right. The habits you pick up, the discipline you pick up, it's the person, right? Not just the milestones. That's what's important. You talked about a uh, brand junkie, which I think we should just touch upon because I think uh, for a lot of people, that's what they are in certain areas and that causes them to spend. Do you want to like share a little bit more about that? <laughs> yeah. You know, when I first had to say that out loud, it was really embarrassing because I'm like, wait a minute, I am not that person that like buys things because of the brand name but I am. And that's, that was one of the things that I learned about myself and noticed that I was doing on my self-discovery journey. I gravitated towards certain brands. I paid more 
than what I had for certain brands. And I bought things because of the brand logo. Simply put, um, I was actually sucked into sales a lot easier because of the brand. Being a brand junkie isn't necessarily a bad thing I've learned. But it is if it's not if you're not aware that you're doing it. And for so long, I was not aware that I I had these emotional connections to brands that I did. And now learning to be a patient spender, I can still get the brands that I like, even though they're fairly more expensive, because I've also developed the whole motto of quality over quantity on my journey. But I'm a patient spender. I can sit back and save for what I want rather than impulse buying because I have this straight emotional connection with brand names. Yeah, yeah. And so many people may be nodding, but like, yep, I think that's what I was doing before or what I continue to do. And it's no shame. Like you said, like, this is the point. Like you have people, very, very brilliant people in high up executives in rooms, like knowing exactly like what colors to put, what um, advertising to use to draw you in and hook you. Like that's the point, right? Like, (laughs) yeah. And the perfect example of this is Nike. They grab an emotional connection with their readers at a very, very early age. And how do they do that? Through sports. So for me, my brand junkie like obsession was Nike because even throughout middle school, I associated the brand Nike with being a good athlete. So when I was in sports, all the major athletes were wearing Nike, but I also associated it with the cool thing. Okay. In my school, the cool thing in, you know, grade school and middle school was having a pair of new Nikes. So at a very early age, that emotional connection and tie, that psychological trigger was established. And it's something that I've carried the last 34, you know, 35 years. And it wasn't, it's funny, it wasn't something I even realized until just four or five years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's really amazing too. And it's like how you perceive other people will perceive you because you have this thing. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Which, you know, and and at the end of the day, like as long as you're consciously doing it, it's like, yeah, sure. Like I like this because I I feel better in it. And yeah, it's a statement to everyone else. That's okay, right? Like as long as you know what your goals are because you've set them and you're following along with whatever budget or financial plan you have. And so you can do both. It's just that you're recognizing when you're you're making those trade-offs and decisions. Right. You know, that, that's the freedom that budget budgeting gives us. It's a freedom for us to choose how we spend our money. And if we are in love with a certain brand because we love the material or we think it's good quality or we like the logo or whatever it may be, if you have a budget plan in place, you have the freedom to choose to do that. Um, and I think that's also really important to mention. Yeah, yeah. So you were able to do something really amazing recently. You were able to buy your dream home in cash. Like, I'm going to say that again. Kamika was able to buy her dream home <laughs> in cash. She has no mortgage. I'd love to hear the journey to that. Like, how you made that possible. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, you know, so... All along my home journey, people always told me, Miko, you know, you don't have to buy it in cash. It doesn't have to be this wonderful dream home. Your home is where you hang your hat. But for me, it had a much deeper meaning. Um, When I got divorced in 2011, I lost everything. 
and not just, I don't mean I walked away from the home I built or the life I built. I mean, I lost who I was to be and have the strength of an individual, what it meant to be my own person. I lost all confidence in my abilities in myself. Um, I was very lost after my divorce. And I had this dream that one day I wanted to provide and have this home where me and my son can grow up, but not just any home, our dream home. I didn't want to relocate again. I didn't want to have my son pack up and move again. It, it was just a, a personal decision that I made. I realized that dream right after my divorce. And that was at the end of 2015. And when the budget mom started to grow, I realized that I had the opportunity to absolutely not just change our lives now, but our entire future with my son. It gave me the chance to retire early. It gave me the chance to travel with my son before I'm too old to do so, to seize opportunities that I wanted to in this short life that we are given. So what happened was I saved every penny of income that I could from my personal income, um, the time where I was, was working both my day job and running the budget mom, and also every single dollar that I could from my business. It's just, yeah, it's remarkable to think back now that that long journey, but it was, it's so worth it. How long did it take when you were consciously saving for this dream home? How long did it take you to be able to have enough to do it? From 2015 to 2020. So it was right after my divorce. I started saving a little bit. Was it a lot? No. You know, back in the day when I was still struggling with my money and my budget was tight and, you know, I was just working my day job. You know, it was 50 bucks every paycheck, $100 a month here, $100 a month there. But I was very blessed and fortunate that I did have a business that was successful on this journey as well. I get a lot of people who say to me, Miko, I don't have a huge earning successful business. Is this dream a reality for me as well? And I always tell people, don't leave the big dreams to the millionaires. This dream Anything that you want in your life is absolutely attainable for anybody. I had this dream when I was a single mom making less than $24,000 a year. And I still had the dream. It was one of those things where I had to learn how to manage my money, just not personally, but also in my business area as well. I love that. And I love how you're saying like, it's not just the millionaires. I know income for a lot of people is a thing, obviously, like, and not having enough of it. And if you're just trying to stay afloat, some of this sounds like far-fetched, like that's not me. And, you know, I do believe though, like, if you have the thought, I've always been one of those people, if you have the thought, like thoughts don't occur to everyone. Dreams don't happen for everyone. Like your dream of buying a home in cash, like that's not, everyone doesn't think that. And so if you have been blessed to think of something or envision something, it's for a reason. It's, it's because it's possible. <laughs> yes, that is so, I love that so much. That is so true. You know, I didn't believe it was possible. In the beginning, my dream was to only buy a home. Did I know how I was going to fund that? No, but I knew that dream was there. The dream to do it with cash actually wasn't realized 
until 2018. When a friend of mine came and said, Miko, why wouldn't you do this in cash? And I'm like, wait a minute, that's not possible. And she sat me down and she like walked me through it. And I, at the end of it, I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe I can do this. Like maybe there is a way for me to actually do this. Okay, how do I do it? What steps do I take? What changes do I make in my life? And the funny thing is when I made the decision to buy my dream home with cash, I slept better than any other night <laughs> because it was a sense of peace knowing that is the path I'm supposed to take. And I was going to fight for it. I didn't care if it took me 15 years, 20 years, I was going to do it. And I've just been extremely blessed that it, it was something I was able to accomplish in my life. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting, right? So some people, like if you're really crunching numbers say, well, you could have took that money. And I don't know if you share how much the home was. I don't so we haven't revealed the, the cost of my home only for privacy and security reasons. But, you know, I told my readers I, in the beginning of my journey, look, I'm going to save $400,000. That was my first initial goal. I, but then again, in the beginning, I didn't have a, a dream of just buying a home. I had a dream of building a home. And it's funny how that journey changes when you actually start living it. And I realized that building on raw land was not my journey. <laughs> it was not meant for me um, because I, there's just too many unknowns for me to go into that path and into that journey. So we started with the $400,000 and that's initially where we started with as far as goals. Yeah. Well, I love that. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, some people crunching numbers right now is just like, well, you know, if you put that money into an investment account, you know, that grew over time, you'd have it be worth way more than what you purchased your house for. Um, and that's the same argument where people are just like, why pay down your mortgage if it's like a lower um, rate versus like being able to invest it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on why you chose like that route for people just listening. Now, are you talking about the route of buying it with cash? Yeah, versus like you could have, you know, you put money down on it and then been able to pay the mortgage and then invested that money somewhere else. Yes, yes. So there was a big reason. I was self-employed. And I did not want a huge mortgage payment hanging over my head. It's literally peace of mind. Peace of mind was my biggest thing because peace of mind, you can't put a value on. And I knew that if I was going to feel 100% comfortable going 100% in my business, I could not do that with debt hanging over my head, especially a mortgage payment as big as they are. <laughs> it was very scary for me. I felt like if I were to have a mortgage, I would be stuck. I would have limitations on what I could accomplish in my life with what I wanted with my business and the experiences I wanted to make with my son. The funny thing is, is when we make decisions around our finances, sometimes it's not always just about the numbers. You know, when I first came out and said I wanted to buy my home with cash, we got hate mail from dates. We got people saying, well, it's an investment. You're, you know, the equity and all this stuff. I didn't care about all that. In fact, I went down to my credit union and I, say, I sat down with a home broker and he basically listed out all of my expenses 
all the things I'd have to pay when, you know, financing a home. But he also said something that had a big effect on my decision. He said, as an entrepreneur, someone who is self-employed, 100% self-employed with a business that is less than two years old, it's going to be really hard for you to get financing for the amount that you want. So being and having self-employment income with a business that was less than two years old also was something that was stressing me out as far as financing is concerned. Yeah, I love that you brought that into play because you're right. Like our mortgage is our biggest expense. And when you have like a fixed expense like that and your income does not meet that every month and as an entrepreneur, it fluctuates, that is stressful. That can be stressful. So <laughs> and you know what? I'm sure this this is helpful for you as a business owner because it allows you to make decisions to choose what you want to do. It's not like, oh, I have to like make this money to do this, you know, and take maybe jobs or sponsorships or things I don't want to do, right? Like I can literally choose what I want to do based on the fact that it works for me, not just for money, which I think is amazing. Yeah, that's so absolutely true. You know, I run a debt-free company. We do everything with cash. I mean, I run my business very, very similar to how I do in my personal life. And debt and personally still scares me. Debt in my business makes me even more scared. <laughs> um, I've just seen too many small businesses rely on financing in the beginning and they failed because of it. I want the freedom to be able to offer my readers things for free. Okay. One of the number one things that frustrated me so much in the beginning is because all of the products that I knew could absolutely change my life or make a difference in my life. I didn't have money for in the beginning. And that's, that was just the honest truth. So we focus so much time and energy here at the budget mom, providing low cost or affordable or free products that bring true value and impact to our readers live. It's a passion of passion of mine. And I'm able to do that because of the decisions I've made, not just in my business, but personally as well. And and buying my house in cash was one of those things. Yeah. And, and again, a testament to when you become financially secure and when you accept abundance like in your life. Right. So I think to having such a successful business, I saw like I think this was months ago before, you know, the pandemic, you had upgraded to like a new um, warehouse. Right. Like a bigger warehouse and office like your business is doing well. Right. And sometimes I think people think with personal finance, especially when you're conscious of money that like if you make or earn a lot, like that's selfish. And I don't think that, you know, I know you don't think that, but it just shows as a testament to when you are doing well, you can then give back. Like you can pour from a cup that's full versus like, you know, that was empty. So it's like, don't feel guilty. Anyone listening, right? Like asking for more, doing what you can, because the more you can bring into yourself, the better impact you can make to your family community. Like it's okay to earn money. It's okay to get your value and your worth. Yes. I love that. Yes. One of the things I just want to bring up because you do run a successful business and you successfully manage your personal finances is the overlap. You already said like debt for you in either case you don't have, right? Great. And do you budget for your business similar to how you budget like personally? Cause I know some business owners, right? Like that's a whole new world. Like they, even if they have their, budget, their personal budget on track, like maybe their business is like not that way. Yeah. Yeah. The thing for me with my business was learning. No, it wasn't my money. It was my business's money. 
<laughs> that was my first thing I had to tackle. And then, of course, you know, the other things like keeping your business accounts and your personal accounts separate. That didn't happen for me until two years into my business, until my accountant said, stop it. What are you doing? <laughs> um, but for me, from day one with my business, I know where every single dollar goes. You could ask me today, Miko, what has your business spent today? I can literally lay out every single dollar. Where did every single penny goes? And it's important because it allows me to make financial decisions for my business on the spot. So when I have an employee that calls me and says, hey, we need to order this for the headquarters or we need to order this for the warehouse, I know immediately what position we are and the buying power that we do have. So yes, in the fact of awareness, it's very similar to my personal finances. However, I budget my business income monthly. Okay, with a business and a business structure, seeing longer time frames of your budget is actually, for me, a lot more helpful because I can start to see trends. And analytics and all of this, it's a lot easier. So I do run the business a little bit differently just because it's a more efficient. But I still think that in, we still spend cash. I will make a $1.1 million transaction on production runs. I will pay in cash. And if they tell me, Miko, like, can you just like swipe your card here? I'm like, uh-uh, I'm giving you a check. Take it or leave it, you know? Um, and a lot of the companies that we work with know that I run a cash-only business. So as far as the cash and the tracking and the awareness, it's the same. But some of the day-to-day -day type of management is a little bit different. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, like the whole like, yeah, if I am selling something for $20. I don't, as the business owner, don't get that $20. I get a fraction of that because it has to cover all the other expenses for my business. What are your goals, right? Whether personally, like your personal financial goals, is there like a next level that you're trying to get to? Are you um, familiar with the term? And you already kind of said it, like, you know, financial independence, the FIRE movement, where like literally if you said to your right now that you did not want to work again. Like you're just like, I, I'm done. Would you be set financially for life? Do you consider yourself financially independent at this point? Is that something you're working towards? Um, and then I'd love to know for the business, what your dreams um, and next goals are. Yeah. So my number one goal right now, one, to say it out loud, I am not financially prepared enough to walk away today. And that's the honest truth. And that's only because I know my situation. My goal is to retire early. I want to retire by the time I'm 40 years old, but I also know that is a huge goal. Here's the thing with me. I look at my son and I see him getting older and it's a good thing to watch your son grow up, but it's also a very scary thing because you know, time is short and I watch it every single day. When I see my son come downstairs I want to spend every single moment I have cherishing time with him and retiring early will give me the ability to put a hundred percent attention on that. And that's what I truly want for myself. I want to be able to pick up and travel with him and, and experience and do things with him and not have to worry about the eight to five responsibility for my business. It's always funny when people ask me, what are your goals for your business? And it's so hard for me to answer that because if you were to ask me that a year ago, I have, I would never think in a million years we'd be here where we are today. 
our goal is to always stay true to our mission and values as the budget mom, but to do it 10 times better next year. So we're always fighting to improve what we're already doing better. We want to do it better. I hope one day to have a bigger facility because honestly, the one that we're at, even though we just got into it, it's not big enough. (laughs) Uh, And I would also like to be able to hire more employees. Do I know what that looks like? No. You know, I made my first hire just less than a year ago, and I'm still figuring that out. But I think that if you can always have your mission, your business mission in the forefront of your mind, and you're aware of that, I think that there's no other way to go but up from there because you're always fighting for that. You're always tweaking and perfecting and and making things better along the way. So as far as the business, we just hope to do what we're doing now, but to do it better. Love it. Love it. So thanks so much. Um, Can you let everyone know where they can find you on social and then your website and all the, all those things? Yeah. So you can find me. I am the budget mom on all social channels. So just at the budget mom, Instagram is where I share my daily stories and videos. I have not missed a day except for one in the last three years. So I show up every day for my readers there. You can find all of my detailed, helpful videos on YouTube and all of my free resources on thebudgetmom.com. And of course, I'll link all of that so you guys can check her out and follow her and really dig into what she's doing. It's great. Thank you so much again, Kamiko. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, Journeyers, I hope you were super inspired, super just, how many times can I say super? You want to count? <laughs> I hope you just got a lot from this conversation with Kamiko. Whether you're in that debt payoff stage and you want to be focused, like Kamiko is disciplined. When I mentioned that like she shows up for her community every day on Instagram, which is probably why she has so many followers and dedicated people because she is committed. Like you can tell, like she walks the talk, like what she tells her community to do, she's actually doing. And I joked in the actual conversation with Kamiko that I need to do more of that myself. Like I know that you probably would like to see a lot more behind the scenes, which, you know, I'm working on it. You know, like for me, it's not as easy for me to be super, super open. It's part of my personality. You know, believe it or not, I always say this, I am a private person. But then I realized that like when I see other people sharing certain things, right, like just because I'm in quote unquote the public eye with this podcast doesn't mean like I have to show every single thing. But I do think it helps when you can actually see behind the scenes what's going on, which is why I do try to share that on the podcast. Like, you know, what I've been learning, what's going on with Journey to Launch, how I'm earning money. So there'll be more updates for sure on that. But I really am inspired by Kamiko's commitment to showing her full journey and being open. And it's something I aspire to do in my brand and in my work. So um, that's one of my goals. We'll see if it happens. You, you guys that follow me on Instagram. So I'm on Instagram at Journey to Launch. That is, you know, the brand page. And then I did create a Jamila Souffrant page Instagram because I didn't want to just be just kept to finances like talking about money there's so many more parts of me and so I created Jamila Souffrant just as a separate entity on Instagram that you can follow where I share more of the behind the scenes of being a mom and I'm back on my fitness tip so if this comes out when it's supposed to I'm going to be in the middle of a fitness challenge your girl's trying to get fit I was joking around saying listen if I get fit and 
and healthy the way I want, like I might pivot and become a fitness influencer, like a whole new lane. <laughs> because if you are familiar with the show, you you heard me say like I used to be really, really in shape back in the day before my kids. And I just have not had the time or the energy or the want to really get back into it until now. And so I'm giving it a try. I'm in a challenge. I'm in the middle of it, depending on when this episode comes out. So if you want to kind of follow me on Instagram, check it out at Jamila Sufront. That's where I'm sharing more of that journey in my IG stories and all that. Don't forget, you can get the episode show notes for this episode by going to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this. And you can still grab your jumpstart guide for free to help you on your journey to financial freedom by going to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart. If you want to support me and the podcast and love the free content and information that you get here, here are four ways that you can support me and the show. One, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen, whether that's Apple Podcasts, that purple app on your phone, your Android device, YouTube, Spotify, wherever it is that you happen to listen, just subscribe so you are not missing an episode. And if you're happening to listen to this in Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe there. I appreciate and read every single review. Number two, follow me on my social media accounts. I'm at Journey to Launch on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I love, love, love interacting with journeyers there. Three, support and check out the sponsors of this show if you hear something that interests you. Sponsors are the main ways we keep the podcast lights on here, so show them some love for supporting your girl. Four, and last but not least, share this episode, this podcast with a friend or family member or coworker so that we can spread the message of Journey to Launch. All right, that's it. Until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers. Journeyers.